Hello, tech enthusiasts and food lovers. Welcome to another episode of our Gusto Tech podcast. We are going to be talking today about some of the latest developments in the Gusto world, as well as discussing news in the tech and food industries. And we are joined today by my brilliant guest, Florini. Hello, Florini. Hi. How um, are you doing? Good. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. It's a bit miserable, the weather, but <laughs> it's like, I think like it's the worst of both worlds today. It's like really rainy and really hot. Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday I went for a run, completely sweaty <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> You've actually brave running. I think I'm going to go today, but yeah, it's pretty awful. At least it's not like burning hot because I don't know if you've been for a run while it's been like 28 29 degrees but it's so hard it is, I, don't yeah, know. I, don't, I just don't do it <laughs> <laughs> went swimming and that was a much better idea i thought have you been swimming <laughs> ah yeah, i haven't been swimming for ages. And it was so nice yeah yeah oh, that's One of great. Those 30 30 degree days i just went for a swim after yeah after work as well like at five <laughs> the best thing to do after work really I used to go swimming like every day or every other day, probably like before pandemic. But then when, when the pandemic hit, obviously all the pools closed and I haven't really gone back since. I feel like I should try it out again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Can you give yeah. us a quick intro into like, you know, who you are in Gusto, what you do, if that's all right? Yeah, of course. So, yeah, so I'm Florina. Um, I've been at Gusto for a year and a half now. So I started in January last year, um, just before the pandemic. So I still, <laughs> I have seen the office. Um, I miss it as well. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I've been, uh, I started off being the only analyst in the, in the supply tribe um, and um, did a lot last year. I think a lot of different things all over the place. And oh, yeah. um, since, since December, we got a couple of others um, that have joined the team. And we're still we're still growing, so it's all now a little bit more um, focused. So at the moment, I sit in the peas. Um, so we look yeah. after. Um, so obviously, all our squads have these these great vegetable names. <laughs> so I sit in the peas, and I yeah. So we we in the squad we look after like allocation. So to which side needs does the order need to go to? Um, but we also look a little bit after network configuration and how to how to set up our network basically for success. What's the most optimal way to do that? Uh, etc uh, but I've also been um, involved in lots of other things before so um, yeah this is just what I'm currently working on. I feel like a lot of the work that you've had has like transitioned a, a parallel position to the work that I've done but somehow somehow we've never spoken properly I don't really know how no, that's happened. No we haven't haven't we yeah. Because I think I mean you've worked on like um, OTIF and stuff like that which I've worked on as well and you've worked on all of the the P stuff and I've worked like parallel to the P's as well on stuff such as like um our super skew stuff and yeah it's strange that we've never really spoken <laughs> yeah 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 I didn't realize that you were more of a veteran than me as well uh, I've been <laughs> here since uh August no not August April last year yeah but you, you've been here since January last year wow yeah you actually yeah. went in <laughs> I, it's, it's funny because like when I started I felt like you know obviously for like you, you feel new even like a year after but because so many people have joined I felt not new so quickly <laughs> <laughs> and I've also like at some point like almost became an expert in my area <laughs> simply because like you know <laughs> there's yeah. so many new people <laughs> Didn't have to do already do- domain experts in our, our areas only being here a year <laughs> 
I think we were saying, I was saying the same to Ethan because like you were even earlier than me. So you remember the data science team as well before it was anywhere near the size it was. I mean, how many people were here when you were here? Like maybe five, maybe? Yeah, I'm thinking, so on the supply side, so I was the only one on the analytics side and I think there were two or three data scientists there. (laughs) That sounds about right, yeah. it's, it's easier for me to translate it on the tribe level, but now I think we're, we're eight data scientists or something like this. So I think, uh, we are, yeah, on, on, in supply tribe, I think it's about eight. Yeah. I think yeah. across Gusto, oh, I want to say it's like 12 to 15. I can't remember now. There's too many to count. Yeah. And then, <laughs> but yeah. And this but new donors keep coming, which is. It's uh, the same with the analysts yeah. as well, isn't it? Like you guys have had massive growth. It's just Gusto. Gusto is growing so quickly. Yeah. I mean, have, have like. we, yeah, it has doubled, hasn't it, since last yeah. night, last year? Yeah, it's crazy. How have it's you found lockdown very... compared to like the, going um, into the office the few times that you managed to go in? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not a fan. Like, very <laughs> <laughs> to be to be very honest, I I really like the office. I think it's just so much more fun when you can see each other face to face. So I think once we we can go back in. Um, I will. Yeah. Um, I am. It's really exciting, actually, that I think we have this possibility to not go in with this new concept of work from wherever works from you. Yeah. Um, is that the right term? I, I think, think so. I can't remember what it work work where where work where works for you. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think that's, that's slogans it. along those lines. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a it's a really cool concept. I really love that. That's an option for everyone. But for yeah. me personally, I'm I, I I don't think I'll make as much use of it as others because yeah, for me it's I can't wait to go back into the office. We got we got I don't know if you know about this um, since you haven't been, but we got free magnums. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've heard about the free magnums. I, I I interviewed in <laughs> January, so I was interviewing around the time when there was no pandemic, not really even a sign of COVID. Really, like I think there were whispers from china or something there was a few cases there but really not much so back then they were saying you know there's free magnums in the office this is something that you'll get <laughs> well one of the key things that made me sign up to gusto definitely <laughs> <laughs> yeah big perk yeah and also like things like what we used to do a lot was um like if i had one-to-ones with people i would we would just go out for a walk um around yeah. the block and like these kind of things that's yeah i don't know i miss it <laughs> Yeah, I know what you mean. There's there's certain things. It's more intense being at home. I don't know if you think the same, but like yeah. it feels a bit more like I should be working when it's work time. Yeah, which amazes me. Like you, you don't get distracted. At least, like yeah, I, I don't get get it <laughs> distracted. And uh, so what happens is if I don't watch out, like I'm just so concentrated for the whole day, yeah. you're awful at the end. <laughs> it's, yeah, uh, it's a luxury problem, I think, at times. But... <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, I I'm kind of like um, I'm definitely in the camp of I'm very glad that there's loads of flexi working and all of this. But I don't know if I'm there because I love that way of working. Because honestly, I do really like coming into the office and like talking to people and like, I feel like that way of brainstorming, that way of coming up with ideas, it can often be a lot quicker in a way. But then I also guess there's a bit of me that feels like maybe this like working from home and flexi working is like genuinely the future of tech. Like it's almost unstoppable. 
and some of me thinks that like as much as I love going in the office I wonder if I would be hampering my career to an extent by not making the sacrifice I don't know it's, it's strange times isn't it I do think like we, we've come up with so many solutions for things like one of the great examples I think is in terms of if we talk about brainstorming like mm. the Miro the Miro dash um, the Miro board um, so yeah. like an online sticky node um, <laughs> page and it's I do think like there's really really good alternatives um, I do yeah for, for these kind of things the thing is like you know 10 years ago it, it it was impossible to do this right basically because no one's internet was even good enough really like no one's <laughs> was even good enough to have these calls where we can see each other basically face to face and you know discuss things in that way and there's there's not breakage of signal or time like 10 years ago you just couldn't do it whereas now everyone's got amazing internet like i can see you basically the same you probably look pretty much the similar as real life right <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's not very I, different though <laughs> yeah exactly like we wouldn't be too shocked if we saw each other in person and we were like oh yeah that's the person that i've seen loads already like so and you can have you know easier conversations in that way nowadays and it's so easy to connect with everyone and have massive meetings with like 30 people and that's all hosted fine yeah and it, I, I do also hope that like um I, I i do think as well that it's really nice that like at some point you don't necessarily need to be very close to the office anymore you can you can live wherever you want to live mm. um within you know a certain radius but um <laughs> yeah like i hear people at Costa moving further up north you know away from london because they've always wanted to um and now because we're able to work from from home um they they are able to move there um these kind of things are very cool yeah it is and i feel i feel good for families as well especially people who have kids and like now you can make like it's so much easier for you to make that commitment of i can go and pick up my kids from school and it must be much nicer to do that Yeah, absolutely. Right. Should we talk about work a little bit? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay. Because uh, we could talk about everything else so much, but we should do a little bit of talking about Gusto. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, I guess it'd be cool to hear about, like, very vaguely, but a little bit about um, the network simulator and kind of what we're trying to achieve with the network simulator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... So that with simulators, basically, um, but what we're doing there is kind of simulating what would happen um, if things change to a network. That's, that's a very broad <laughs> description, but also it can do a lot. So basically what we're doing here is we're trying to um, simulate what happens if, uh, for instance, we're, we, we, we make changes to our menu um, or we, we put more recipes on there. We got put different type of recipes on there um, or what would happen if, you know, we, we close a production line in one site or we open one in another site or we just in general um, get another factory. And we, we kind of want to understand there's so many changes that will be happening in the future and we want to understand ahead of time what yeah. the impact could be. And that is in terms of, for instance, what's the impact on operational efficiency um in terms of our our throughput metric so how many boxes um are we completing per hour um but it could also be interesting in terms of like um how efficient can we set up our network how many lines need to be open how many lines can we close 
Um, can is it feasible at a certain side given like certain maybe space constraints and all of that so there's a lot of things to think about and so what we've tried to do with the network simulator is build a tool that kind of simulates everything that happens in the process of all the way from creating a menu to kind of completing those boxes on the line so we've connected lots of the different data science products that sit in between so things like the algorithm that creates a menu, um, the forecasting algorithm, um, the algorithm that decides how to set up our sites in terms of like what recipes are we hosting where, um, the algorithm of deciding how to set up our production lines in the most optimal way, and then eventually like what's the impact of that on, on operational efficiency as well. So it's really connecting all of that together, which is really quite cool. <laughs> it's such um, a, it feels like such a massive project. Like you're trying to yeah. connect almost every part of Gusto together, every part of the operational side, at least. Yeah, it's but imagine, imagine the opportunities that we can, you know, we have with that. And, yeah. and obviously, like it wouldn't be perfect the first way around, the first, the first time around. So it's, it's a product that, yeah, it's like a, a, an MVP at the moment, I think. But yeah. we've got something um, where we can really, really like make much more data-driven decisions with, and we can develop that over time as well and make it smarter and smarter. So yeah, it, it's also if you think from an operations operational perspective, there's so much that 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 the menu impacts. So it's a, it's our product, so it impacts mm. forecasting and and our forecast accuracy. It impacts like. Our, our space and it impacts like how efficient we can be on our lines and it's um it impacts how we set up our network and so um it might sound simple from well, it's probably also not simple from a product point of view <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it sounds sometimes a little bit simple just adding recipes to the menu um but from an operational perspective there's a lot to think about it's, it's a really cool project what's actually so in what way do you kind of get involved with it then are you kind of helping to scope out different areas of like need that yeah. we have and so it's interesting right because it's like uh it's a really like we really work like analysts and and data scientists work really closely on this on this project mm. um and there's a lot of areas where our kind of responsibilities overlap and we work on similar things like I've really also um done a lot of pairing sessions together with them and we you know thought about like we we, so we solved problems together basically um mm. but in general I would say that like where the data scientists um are really coming in in this project is is understanding um the products and um yeah because they're, they're all data science products, but also in building like the actual codes um, because the, their experience with Python is, yeah, much, they have much more experience in Python and they um, um, have much more experience as well in building like long lasting products, I think. Yeah. Um, whereas obviously where I come, like the, the perspective that I come from, I focus usually on insight. So it's it's much more often and more like one-off kind of piece. Um, yeah. But where, where I come from, I kind of know a lot about relationships between different variables in the business. Um, I understand throughput quite well. I've built like this model around throughput in the past to understand it better. 
Um, so throughput being our, our operational efficiency metric. And yeah. um, so I sit a little bit more at the end of that chain, I think. Um, but we're combining all that knowledge in, 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 in this one project. And so it's kind of dependent on um, what needs to be done, who picks it up, who's best to pick it up. But also, I think um, one of the, like, the ways that we can use this tool is for future analysis as well. Um, yeah. So we can influence decision-making by creating like data-driven insights with this tool. And this is also, I think, an area where like um, in general analytics really comes in to understand what needs to be modeled um, and translate that into uh, a configuration um, yeah. for, the, for the simulator. So yeah. It's I very feel collaborative, like... but yeah, <laughs> more or less is... is how we divide the work, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I love how like cross-functional teams need to be, especially in Gusto, like that's that's quite common how we, we see, we've moved towards a much more cross-functional ways of working, I think, where most of the time we have like a squad built of um, different disciplines, whereas I think, was it when you joined or maybe a bit before you joined, Gusto worked more in the kind of you're separated by your discipline model where like there were a data science team and then there was data analyst team and then there was software engineers team. But nowadays the, these are all mixed and matched into squads kind of following, you know, fairly famous yeah. models that other people have done. Have you found like, did you work in uh, non cross-functional squads before and how have you found working the cross-functional ones? Um, yeah. So I guess in my previous job, um, that was more of a consultancy role. So that was very different. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So there's Augusto, it's the first time I think that I'm working in like in-house as well. So, um, but that cross-functional element that we have is that, that we work with is, is, is great. I really like it. Um, and yeah, so I don't really know. Uh, I don't maybe have as much comparison but um, I do think that also that that's why we get the right results because we work so closely together um, with different functions. Yeah, I do think it's really yeah. important aspect of of how we work. Yeah, I, I do as well. Like I actually haven't worked. I guess it's quite a modern way of working, and I haven't really worked in a very different way before. Like even the last company that I was at as well they worked a similar way and they had like cross-functional teams. So I've, I've basically always worked in a cross-functional team and, and I do love it because like, I feel like you can learn a lot and it also means you have like, you have this constant context basically that you can draw upon. Like, even though you don't know everything, you know that the person next to you who works with you almost every day has that context and understanding that you can draw upon, which yeah. I feel is really helpful. Yeah, no, I, I think also like people have different perspectives and therefore different ideas, different worries. Um, and like these things don't always get flagged if you, um, yeah, if, if you would be working with only data scientists or if I would only be working with data analysts. Mm. Um, Manage to work more with like pandas and Python and, and stuff like this with, with the data scientists on your team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've actually, so I didn't really know, I've, I've, like learn lots like I've done lots of coding in the past but never in Python so when I started working I actually started learning Python at Gusto so I started learning that last year in summer or so um, mm. and I used it initially to 
built this um, throughput model and, and that was basically the first time I, I used it. And it, the, most of the data scientists like really helped me out with that. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, I did come with questions to them a lot um, and uh, that was really helpful. But back then I was doing it um, a little bit more on my own um, mm. and then just asking them questions whenever, whenever I needed. And I think that's actually one of the useful things now in this previous, in this, in this project, because I'm, we're working on it together, like we're pairing and, you know, both looking at the screen and, and one person yeah. maybe typing the code and the other person helping um, or figuring out or debugging it or that kind of stuff. And you learn so much from that. So, yeah. <laughs> So basically, uh, we're, we're slowly converting you, Florini, to be uh, a data scientist. <laughs> soon, well, I mean, there's, soon you'll there's convert. So much, like, as an analyst, you can do so many things in, in Python as well, right? You can, yeah. So it's not, it's not solely for data scientists at all. And, and that's no, also no. one of the things in, in data analytics, we, we say, like, you can use the tool that you prefer. So it can be anything. Um, but I do think it is, like, Python is a really good tool to use for, for analytics as well and and it's also helpful that it's kind of like because you guys use it so much as data scientists it's useful for us to to use it more as well because we can we can connect our work better yeah it's becoming like such a popular uh, programming language especially for analytics and data science it's so popular now yeah. that like i'd be shocked if i went into a company and like they didn't have some form of python going on with their code like it's so popular it's yeah, up there I always like... wanted a shame that like these languages don't didn't get taught at, at uni. Like that would have been useful. <laughs> I, I got taught them, but yes, oh, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but good. I did, I did astrophysics, so I had to mm. do it. So I've I've done Python for like, how old am I? Oh God, ten years now. <laughs> it's been ten years of Python coding. But I was terrible. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, as. I mean, I was so bad when I first started, though. Like, it didn't teach me much, to be honest. They just taught me the basics. And then most of it is, like, self-taught. So mm. I was probably shockingly bad. Like, I wouldn't want anyone to see my code when I first started. <laughs> <laughs> I think I only really became quite good when I started it in the business world because then I needed to be good because otherwise yeah. people would criticize. And you, you get more peer review as well. Like, we actually do PRs and stuff where you have to, like, mm. have all of your yeah. code peer reviewed by people. So then people are looking at it and so you have to be good. But when I was doing my PhD and stuff, like I didn't need I didn't need anyone to look at it. So it was all terrible. <laughs> yeah, you could hide it from everyone. Yeah, um, exactly. No one had to know. Um, I was wondering as well, this is a, this a question that I was thinking of asking at the end, but I feel like I want to ask it now, is that um I was wondering like why you originally went into data analyst and like how you got to this job position. And why um, chose it? Yeah, good question. Because uh, I guess also like my background is in econometrics and operations research. So it's uh. a lot of statistical modeling and also optimization. So um, yeah, it could have gone other directions too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it seems like quite a logical leap. Yeah, it's um, what, what for me, the main thing is like my... my uh, doing my studies I've always focused on the like logistics and supply chain side I love that mm. the most by far <laughs> like that's my favorite um area to apply data to I just yeah just so much more fun 
um you know i love that you could go into a factory and actually see your data and that is cool yeah yeah it's great um i really like it so that was kind of my starting point and so i've been looking for i've always been looking for companies that are that um have like a supply chain <laughs> yeah and um but are also really keen on using data and i think that's sometimes hard to find um because there's a lot of in a lot of in in that uh type of company um people would use data but they wouldn't always use it like to the extent they could use it it's often like underused <laughs> yeah if I think there's a, there's a lot of well-established systems out there that are, you know, not to be mean, but somewhat antiquated when it comes to supply. Like, I think that many companies use these fairly antiquated systems that are, you know, quite simplistic, really. Yeah, and, and I think don't... also, like, in marketing, for instance, it's like, it's, it's, it's well-known. You use data to, mm. to understand your customers. Also, you can't, you can't go and see it, right? So yeah. you need to use data. So... <laughs> In, in, I think that's different in, in, in operations, in, in supply chain. Like you can't, um, you can actually go and see it. So you don't always need data. You can also just use like common sense um, and, um, and, and, and also like common sense sometimes is more helpful than data. <laughs> so you also <laughs> need to understand really well, like when, when, can, when does data add like the value most? Um, or, or, and, so, and you often need to combine it with common sense as well. So um, I think like ev everywhere maybe. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think in general, like these companies, they haven't always had the need to, to use optimization techniques or to use data insights to drive decision-making and all that. But, yeah, um, I wonder if you've had similar kind of struggles to the supply tribe in terms of like adoption of good data practice and techniques. Because like we, we've had definitely had not issues, but you know it's tricky when the the whole company is you know a recipe um, delivery company or a recipe kit delivery company. So it's all based around making like these amazing uh, meals and recipes that people are going to eat, and um, that's you could probably imagine that that's quite a manual job. Like it could be you you basically want uh, recipe developers to come up with like really unique recipes and then put them on the menu and then that goes out and you kind of look through the menu and it's very subjective as to whether that menu is going to satisfy customer needs so it has been tricky at times to really convince different stakeholders in the company like it hasn't been too tricky to convince them but it's been a bit like we have to really prove that um the way in which we want to change things and the way we want to make certain processes data-driven, um, like it's been hard to prove that that's going to be valuable and that mm -hmm. the way we want to change it and the way we want to add these algorithms in, especially Gustav, you know, when, when we've got this um, uh, menu creation algorithm that takes all of our recipes and tries to create like a really great menu for everyone, it's pretty tricky to convince everyone that that was actually a good idea because <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's quite subjective. People will look at menu and they'll say, well, that's rubbish. Oh, well, that's really great. But it's usually based on their own personal opinion and it's not yeah. really taken into account everyone's opinions. Um, and, and that's, uh, I think that's, that's actually where I do think that the, and, th and this is actually the reason that I really, like I wanted to work at Gusto because um, I do think like the default here is that we say, we want to use data yeah. um, and that makes all these conversations so much easier because everyone has that default understanding. Um, and I do think that 
that's that was that was actually like the issue that I had with other companies because it would be like oh yeah yeah we're using data but like it wasn't like data was embedded in the company you know um, yeah right shall we talk about some food because this is a gusto tech uh, podcast but if we're talking about gusto we need to talk about food <laughs> so yeah have you had have you managed to have any of the burgers that they've released recently um no oh um, my god you've missed out <laughs> yeah i think but there were, i don't think have i ordered recently i'm planning to order next week again i just <laughs> i have a i have a weird rhythm i don't do a weekly order or yeah. anything or, or a fortnightly one i just order for like three weeks or four weeks at the time and then not for another two weeks and then I have a <laughs> Wait, how do you have such an unrhythmic life what yeah. how do you there's have no structure system? whatsoever yeah. <laughs> how do you cope with that I literally as soon as the menu comes out I'm just like right I've got to pick my recipe straight away gotta get it on there <laughs> so you're a weekly buyer oh yeah yeah definitely yeah oh nice I have like these periods where I really like to cook my own recipes, mm. but what I'll end up doing is I'll think I want to cook my own recipes, but I'll end up cooking like the recipes from the cookbook. <laughs> 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 so in the end, I'm still cooking Gusto. <laughs> I just, um, but it, I also, I got recently like a little bit of a, a herb garden kind of thing in my you? backyard and I have so much mint that I need to make <laughs> only mint recipes. <laughs> so you got a lot of lamb. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I haven't had the burgers, but I heard they were really good. So I, I should maybe order some. Oh, they are so good. Yeah, like I had, um, what did I have yesterday? I had their mayonnaise one. I can't remember exactly what it was called, but they had the special mayonnaise. And it had these chunky chips as well, they did. And they did this, it took, I think, 40 minutes to cook the chips overall which is quite a long time, but the chips were amazing. They made you boil them mm. first, then like fluff them up, then put them on a wow. tray to then put oil on them and then bake them for 25 minutes. So it was like 10 minutes boiling, 25 minutes in the oven, another five minutes maybe like ruffling them around. So it was a, it was a long cook, but they were amazing. They were like the best wow. chips I've had. Yeah. Oh, that's, a, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I love when they have, when because that's why I, I think I enjoy the most when, when they come up with like new, Things that I, ways of cooking that I haven't done before, and I'm like, yeah. this is very good. I'll 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 keep using that myself as well whenever I cook myself, and then yeah, that's 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 quite fun. I definitely feel like as I've cooked more gusto, like I, I kind of cooked before, and I was a fairly relatively good cook. Like I'm not I'm not amazing, but <laughs> so I was relatively good. Um, but now that I've been cooking gusto loads, like because I've cooked so many recipes with them, I feel like I've picked up lots of like little bits and bobs on how you cook and like like quite natural ways of cooking which I feel like I kind of understand like I almost know what the instructions are going to be before I even look at the sheet now because like yeah. you get get quite used to the different ways in which you cook yeah and I used to be really bad at reading recipes and that's why I never really like I, I never really enjoyed cooking with recipes I would just mm. do something on my own um but ever since I started using Gusto because I'm so familiar with the way they uh, describe the recipes um, it's, mm. it is super smooth <laughs> <laughs> well I do like I don't know if you ever get this but sometimes I do kind of panic when there's like a short time on like how long it's supposed to take for the prep or something and it's like I don't know sometimes it'll say something like right now do this for five minutes like I don't know boil something five minutes 
And then the next instruction is like, while that's boiling, chop all of your like vegetables. But instead of doing that, I was just following the instructions really linearly. So I boiled it first and then went to the chop section. I was like, oh, oh no, yeah, yeah. I've got no time to chop anything. <laughs> Yeah, also like you, you end up just if it if it was a 10 minute one, you'll end up spending 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I'm completely out with my timing loads on it just because I don't read like ahead very often with what yeah. I'm supposed to be doing. Or sometimes I'll I'll try and be really proactive. I'll do the opposite. I'll try and be really proactive and like go ahead and look at some of the instructions that I could do like earlier. And then for example, with the burger. That was like 25 minutes of the chips in the oven and I had to actually wait that 25 minutes, but I didn't realize. So I got, went and chopped everything else. Then I had to just let it sit there for like 20 minutes while I waited for the chips to finish. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. me, it's just too many steps to have in my yeah. head. I don't have that ad space. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Work. One thing at the time. Yeah. They always say that women can do two things at the same time, but I can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, I feel bad for people who have like kids and that because I don't even have any distractions. Like it's just yeah. me. It's just me standing there chopping. But if you've got children running about, I don't know how you manage to cook the gusto meal. Sometimes <laughs> I couldn't follow it. Yeah. So, uh, what, what was your favorite recipe then um, recently? Oh, recently it's got to be been that burger. I think. Like sometimes I don't like burgers that much because I feel like there's loads of companies, especially that do them quite well. And some takeouts um, and like restaurants, I feel like don't do as good a job as you could quite do at home. Like if you're good, fairly good, you could cook that probably better at home. But burgers, I feel like are really tricky to actually do better than restaurants. But these ones mm. are really good. Like I loved it, especially anything with a really good sauce as well. I don't know why I'm just so, I'm so keen on a good uh, sauce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree on that. Um, yeah, I might just order after this. <laughs> <laughs> Am I tempting you now? <laughs> Absolutely. What's your favorite gusto recipe then? Have you got one? Yeah, I actually I I, I was looking through the cookbook, um, and I think I got I couldn't choose between. Well, I got I, I kind of like have to two because. I think what I really, I really like the 10 minute recipes. Um, sometimes you just want some good food and you want to cook it yourself, but you don't want to spend a lot of hours on it. So yeah. 10 minutes is just great. So one of my favorite 10 minute ones was the Lebanese um, halloumi wrap with tahini sauce. Oh, um, yeah. People love that one. Yeah. And it's also, I often have some halloumi still in the fridge. So I, I, <laughs> I, I actually have repeated this recipe quite a couple of times. Um, and the tahini is really good, and also is also has red cabbage, which is really like refreshing with it. It's uh, really, and it's so uh. so super quick. It's maybe it's not even ten minutes. It's like five. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> and then the one that I really really liked, I think, was the Sri Lankan like dal with aubergine pickle. Oh, have um, you got the have you got the picture? Yeah. It's oh, can you show it me? oh yes i've had that one i know no one who's listening will know what's going on but yeah that one's really really good it's incredible yeah yeah i, Super I think good. i had that one like maybe my first month of being at gusto and it may basically won me around with the idea that i should get gusto every week <laughs> <laughs> once i had that i was like yeah that should come on every week yeah also i I've, um at the moment we're eating quite vegetarian in uh, at home here so mm. Um, at the beginning, uh, I remember also that like these kind of recipes, because this is a vegetarian recipe, right? And it's an incredible vegetarian <laughs> recipe. But like in the beginning, it was really hard to 
to find that, but we have many more like at the moment, like really good vegetarian recipes, I think on the menu. So yeah, um, yeah, we're definitely increasing our library massively. I was looking through, um, if talking about food, I was looking through some of the Augusto news articles recently, and I saw a really cool one, which I just thought I'd bring up, which is that um, the the news the team I can't remember what I think it's our people team yeah our people team linked this article which is about how scientists have converted used plastic bottles into vanilla flavoring, which I, I thought was that. really did you see it as well? I, I, I don't know I saw it somewhere on my social media I think but did you? I I found that very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I found it very strange as well. I was like, that's. I don't know if I'm kind of grossed out by it or if it's just really cool. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, but I saw also, like I was looking through the article and apparently like the demand for vanilla is way higher than anything we can get from vanilla pods anyway. So like 85% of it or something is actually manufactured from uh, fossil fuels anyway. So like it's already, so you're already, if you're having vanilla, you're already having some pretty terrible stuff. So you might as well convert to the plastic bottles that have been reused. Yeah, wow. It's strange it was, though. It was the first ever invention, right, to like turn plastic into something useful or something like this. I think um, it was, yeah. I know I've seen a couple of other like useful um, techniques around trying to recycle these things. Like with coffee cups, I've seen some cool things, um, but I haven't seen them turn it into effectively food. <laughs> like maybe we'll get some of this uh, vanilla yeah. in uh, in gusto meals. Oh, plastic I, I vanilla. I also like. I, I'm. I mean, the person like that just came up with trying to convert plastic into something edible. It's just like I w- it wouldn't come up in my mind, you know, as an idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's the last thing you could expect. Like you would expect plastic to be able to be turned into. <laughs> it's the same with loads of things, though. I wonder how like some of these cooking techniques came around. You know, like why did we think to do these things? It's quite strange, really. You know. Yeah. <laughs> like like beer, like it's quite a complicated process to make beer. I can kind of understand cider because I guess if you just have like rotting apples in a barrel, maybe you'd get something very similar to cider and they kind of figured out how to make that better. But beer is much stranger, right? I don't know. It's just like, how did we even come up with these ideas? Yeah, someone was really keen for some alcohol, I think, (laughs) on a time. I think that's always been a human trait is getting as much (laughs) alcohol as possible. I mean, it isn't the weirdest invention, isn't it? (laughs) No, it's not. It's going to be cool. Like, I think like Gusto is really committed to having more reusable and recyclable um, materials when it comes to like the packaging that we use and stuff like that. Um, so I think inventions like this, like, you know, vanilla from plastic bottles, it's going to be really important for Gusto to keep its eye on because it's something that the company is definitely committed to, which is really cool. Yeah. Helping the environment bit by bit. We can have loads of vanilla recipes. <laughs> yeah we should have a vanilla week just for this <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know if i've ever seen vanilla on any recipes that we've had right shall we do the last little section of this podcast yeah um, definitely what, what's the yeah, last section again the last the last section <laughs> it's just i just wanted to know um why you why what you love about gusto i guess and why you joined and yeah what you think Gusto does best? <laughs> so I think one of the things that, I mean, why I joined, I guess I sort of explained already, like I was looking for this company where I could yeah. 
work in the supply environment, but still use loads of data and data techniques. So that was definitely why I joined Gusto in the first place. Um, but I think what I really like about working here is the space for kind of new ideas and mm. brainstorming and kind of doing that in those cross-functional groups as well. Um, I think everyone's really enthusiastic and very kind of always like looking for a new opportunity. Um, and that just creates such a nice atmosphere. Um, everyone's always look on the lookout for the next cool thing that we can do to make it better um, for our customers or for our supply chain. Yeah, it's really cool. I think that like the drive that people have at Gusto to, to be better, like always, it is amazing. And it's also like there's quite a lot of focus on like developing yourself, um, building your development plans and like doing that together. So it's, it's kind of this like constantly changing um, atmosphere. Everyone tries to improve. Everyone tries to improve our products. Um, yeah yeah and it's yeah and it's not you're right like it's not just about you know improving just what's good for gusto but like I feel like there has been a lot of focus on um, improving yourself even if it's not necessarily for gusto's benefit like we're doing the the, the podcast now in our like tech 10% time which is really cool it's cool that we have that time and it is yeah. you know we try and do things for gusto but a lot of it is also learning for yourself so that you can better which will benefit gusto in the end as well so yeah indeed um, yeah, I, I wish more companies had that kind of mindset. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I sometimes think that I've been here only for a year and a half, but my job is already very different from a year and a half ago. Like I'm doing so many different things and like <laughs> the function itself like develops and um, matures and all of that. So yeah, this is constant change. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And what would, if you could change something, what would you change? change anything at gusto i think it's, it's kind of like the same topic i sometimes think we should calm down as well in terms of like, oh, change <laughs> it's like can we, can we please like relax for a second <laughs> i know I, what you I mean find, i find work-life balance really important so i'm always trying to get that balance and um i sometimes do really have to actively search for that um and it and I know that everyone else around me like my manager would tell me you know like you 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 you're not supposed to work late or whatever um but also there's so much going on and there's so much you could possibly do that you always need to make choices um, yeah. and you need to prioritize and all of that um and um I don't know how how to change that because at the <laughs> same time it's the good thing too but it's something that I do sometimes struggle with, let's put it that way, because it's 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 hard to um yeah, it's it's a it's a constant like energy that you need to put into making sure that you um yeah, can leave satisfied at the end of the day because um there's always more to do and you just need <laughs> to convince it's a learning lesson for myself as well. I need just need to convince myself that what I've done today is is good enough. Um and, yeah. and it is. <laughs> it's I think not it like links... it isn't, so yeah. I think it links a little bit back to what we were saying before about um, office versus home. It's really tricky, I think, to to have that work-life balance at home. It can be, just be so tricky to disconnect and say, this is now my living space and not my working space. But it has been the working space. I don't know. I think that doesn't help things at all. 
<laughs> no, and I think that that exactly. And then in combination with the fact that we're growing so much and mm. you always, there's always a hundred opportunities and we need to just, we can only do 10 <laughs> or so out of those. So we always need to make those choices. And it's, um, yeah, it sometimes is a bit of an, an, an energy consuming process. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But great that we're growing still, which is cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. It's, it's a, it's a, a kind of love-hate relationship I think yeah <laughs> <laughs> awesome thank you so much Farini for being part of this and uh yeah I think no we'll, thanks for having me we'll end it there see you soon thank you everyone yeah